We visited Mauritania, Fiji, Australia, and Singapore. We're going to take another international trip to a country that has the highest rate of plastic surgeries per capita in the world. If you guessed the United States, you guessed wrong. Pack your bags and get those masks ready. We're heading out to South Korea. Something appropriate for us as a message. Um, and the only song I can really kind of think of. Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. For those of you that are new to the show, I'm Carissa, the host of this hot mess. Welcome, friends. I hope you all had a wonderful week, wherever you are. It's been another long, ever so long, hot week, and I'm not going to even get into how hot it's been here. Um, normally, in the month of September, you would say, okay, Cyprus, it starts cooling down. No, no, no. No, it's it's going to get hotter and hotter. And I'm thinking, wow, and there's people out there that believe that climate change isn't a thing. Well, fuck you then. <laughs> For those of you who have just tuned in, <laughs> you're probably thinking, wow, she just started cussing within the first minute of the show. For those of you who have been here with us since the beginning, you know how it goes here. It's probably because it's just getting a bit hot and yeah, I'm over like people's shenanigans. So I just decided to start cussing from the first minute of the show. I hope you're ready and buckle up because this this episode, I'm probably going to be swearing a lot. <laughs> I hope you guys had time to actually listen to episode 26 where we talked about. So that's last week's episode where we talked about cellulite and how the word came about and who's responsible for making us feel that it's a flaw that we need to spend not only our money on, but our time worrying about it as well. If you haven't had the chance and you are new to the show, then check out episode 26 as we, we took a closer look at cellulite and how it isn't real. It's well worth the listen and it's quite the eye-opening and thought-provoking episode. I seriously, that article, I was blown away and I was like, oh my God. So it just, it, it, it puts things into perspective and it makes you really think about... Well, I'm not going to give a lot away, but it just makes you think. So it's definitely worth the listen. So after you listen to this episode, um, check out episode 26 and let me know. Get back to me and let me know what you guys thought about um, that episode. <laughs> this week's episode um, might be a bit longer than the previous two episodes that I did um, because there's just so, as always, there's just so much to cover. Um, so what we're going to do... <laughs> is that we're going to tidy up and clean up quickly. And by that, I mean, you can always contact me and send me any feedback or suggestions for the show at beautyandlockpodcast at gmail.com. Also, just a heads up, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us over on iTunes. It's that purple icon. And it helps drive the show up the charts charts i can't speak but that's nothing new uh, it helps the, uh, drive the show up the charts for others to discover and join this ever-growing family that's all about spreading some of that good old-fashioned love you know i'm all about spreading some of that good good love and also last bit head on over to patreon.com forward slash beauty unlocked and check out how you can support the show on a monthly basis we have two tiers at the moment um and it starts at i think five euros but that's without VAT or tax um, but I'll be adding more tiers and more content so become a 
patron of Beauty Unlocked, and me, myself, and I will be eternally grateful. Seriously, I'll show you so much gratitude once this heat is over. Whew, all right. We finished with the cleaning, went pretty quickly. So it's time to sit back and relax, grab yourself a drink, and let me climb up into your ear holes. Are you ready? So as I mentioned, we're heading out to South Korea. And let me give you a little bit of a backstory. Not much of a backstory, but there is a bit of a story here. <laughs> um, so I, I found one article which gave me the chills. And I was like, why? It's like the article gods have spoken to me. And they're just like throwing me all these like good articles. And so I found one article and then I started digging deeper and deeper, which meant that I found myself down multiple rabbit holes, not just one, but many. And I've added a few of those articles because, of course, you know, one article was leading me to another topic. That topic led me to another topic. So I put like all those articles in my special folder um, for future reference. Before we get into the two main articles that I'm going to um, be delivering to you, uh, we're actually going to talk about certain misconceptions and clear them up. And this is regarding the three major procedures performed in South Korea. So uh, the article is entitled, People Have the Wrong Idea About the Three Most Popular Procedures in South Korea. And I found this um, article, this gem of an article, on businessinsider.com. And so as I mentioned, uh, South Korea or Seoul in particular, which is the capital, um, has the highest rate of cosmetic surgeries in the world. And nearly, imagine this, one million procedures a year. So this is why South Korea is often called uh, the world's plastic surgery capital. Now, a lot of you might have thought, wow, I thought the United States would have, like, you know, been the plastic surgery capital. No, no, friends. It's, it's Seoul, South Korea. Wow. So some estimates have suggested that around one in three South Korean women between the ages of 19 and 29 have had plastic surgery. Others have put that number as high as 50% or even higher. Uh, so the most common surgeries that Koreans do, and this is according to Dr. Choi Min of Answer Plastic Surgery in Gangnam. It's a, and so sorry, I'm going to butcher this, but it's a blepharoplasty, blepharoplasty, or a double eyelid surgery. And this is where they insert a crease in the eyelid to make the eye look bigger. The two other popular procedures are rhinoplasties, or nose jobs, and glutathione injections. Now, glutathione injections, we mentioned back in episode 13. So again, if you're new to the show, check out episode 13. Um, we talked about Eurocentric beauty ideals and skin lightening. So if you haven't listened to it, check it out. But what these um, injections, glutathione injections, do is that it slows pigmentation in the skin and thus it gives it a fair like it, it gives you a fairer skin tone so there are many many western critics and plastic surgeons included that have taken the prevalence of these procedures to mean that koreans desire to look more caucasian or white um in the article it says only about 50 percent of east asians have double eyelids while it is widespread among caucasians but Alfred Happy Leung, a Seoul-based YouTuber with We Fancy, 
um, if you're interested, it's a channel that examines Korean culture, um, believes that this is a major misconception about plastic surgery in South Korea. So the misconception is that Koreans just want to look white. And this is a symptom of Western arrogance. Let's be honest. Westerners are quite arrogant. And Eurocentrism and has no basis in reality. And this is what Leung uh, told Business Insider. Pale skin has always been a standard of beauty, not only in East Asia, but all of Asia. And based on the implication that the lighter the skin, the less one has... Uh, has worked, you know, outdoors or worked under the sun. So also when we talk about anything with rhinoplasties or nose surgery, the type of nose bridge that Koreans tend to ask for in a rhinoplasty is markedly different from the ideal Caucasian nose bridge. And the crease above the eyelid has always been sought after in Asian cultures, both because it's rare and because it creates visually larger eyes. And this is according to Leung, who, as we said, is um, the SEAL-based YouTuber. So the article continues by saying the misconception is one battled frequently by plastic surgeons in Asia. As Li Binbin, a Beijing-based plastic surgeon, explained to the South China Morning Post, In the East, we have our own beauty standards. The majority of Chinese don't have very big eyes. That's why people all want, okay, I'm not too sure all want, but okay, fair enough. That's why people all want the double eyelid surgery, Lee said. Even Dr. Robert Flowers, who has received some credit for popularizing the surgery in the U.S., disputes the notion that blepharoplasties are about making Asians look more white. The general idea then, and I keep hearing it even today, was that Asians who have facial and eyelid surgery want to westernize. And this is what Flowers told New York uh, Magazine back in 2014. And that's even what Asian plastic surgeons thought they were doing then as well. But that's not what Asians want. They want to be beautiful Asians. So common procedures beyond eyelid uh, surgery, nose jobs, and skin whitening are also aimed at achieving specifically Korean beauty standards, not Western ones. And this is according to Leung. So for example, Koreans like slimmer jawlines, while Westerners like stronger jawlines. Westerners like high protruding cheekbones, while Koreans tend to like flatter cheekbones. And Koreans tend not uh, to like very thick and full lips. While lip fillers are considered a standard procedures in Western uh, cosmetic surgery. So these are the common misconceptions that I wanted to clear out and that this um, article also clears up about the surgeries performed um, in South Korea. It's not to look more Western. It's to fulfill their beauty standards in South Korea. All right, so now we're going to get to the main article that was so good I could not help myself I decided to share it with you. Um, this article was written uh, last year, and it was written by Karen Cho, and it's titled "The Destructive Effects of South Korea's Beauty Standards." Now, what I like absolutely adore about this article is that it talks about South Korean culture, but also the it, it references mental health and the detrimental effects that these beauty standards have on women and also men, but mostly on women. 
So um, Karen Cho, she starts off her article by saying that she interviewed uh, Grace Cho uh, regarding her opinions and thoughts about South Korea's cultural beauty standards. And she was able to include a massive amount of insight into this article. Uh, also, she says her expertise in psychology was also imperative in helping me formulate many of the ideas that are included within the article. So she says that South Korea is notoriously known for its hyperfixation on outward appearance and cosmetic surgery. So the extreme focus on appearance pressures women and men to conform to societal expectations and spend a relatively significant amount of money to undergo uh, these cosmetic surgeries. Um, so this is one of the things that really like popped out. Um, so uh, she says, and I quote, the glorification of certain facial and body features can cause individuals to feel ashamed of their natural features, which could lead to lower levels of self-esteem. This is problematic considering that many institutions in South Korea reinforce a one-dimensional and uniform image of beauty. It is truly an epidemic and I am calling it out for what it is. Although tending to one's appearance could be important for self-care, I would argue that obsessing over it is more harmful than it is helpful. I suggest that the strain of meeting South Korea's beauty standards is due to South Korea's embedded listening culture and social conformity. So many women and men become self-critical and as a result, this contributes to like a vicious cycle of feeling low, a low sense of self-worth and wanting to resort to cosmetic surgery. So then she, um, Karen says, the reason why I believe cosmetic surgery may be more harmful than it is helpful is that even after spending a significant amount of money to change one's features to fit in with everyone else, it does nothing to repair the internal feelings of insecurity and inferiority. It is only a mask that provides a false and shallow sense of confidence confidence, sorry, and only adds onto the cycle of being self-critical in the long run. So if you've watched any of these um, shows that they have like, I don't know, on TLC or on E, like such as Botched or I don't know, Plastic Surgeons of Beverly Hills, I don't even know what the titles were. I used to watch them with my mama when she was alive, but um, in Botched, for example, you see how, okay, yes, there are people who come in with botched surgeries, and then there are others who have had so many surgeries on a specific part or many or different parts of their bodies and they want to continue 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 and you have the the two doctors on that show that are like uh you're you can't do any more surgery because if you do you're at risk of such a thing happening or your nose might collapse for example because you've had too many like surgeries as is or you can't have you can't uh have another breast augmentation it's not possible or you know and it's just you see that these people m might have started off with one surgery, but then it just became a like an obsession. Okay, these do like these plastic surgeons, um, they're just like they either turn them away, sometimes saying no, you're not going to do the surgery, and obviously sometimes when the surgeries are botched, they help them kind of fix the problem. But it goes to show you how mental health is so important. It's one thing I'm not against plastic surgery myself. I really I'm not. Um, but what I um think is the problem just like the writer says karen show she says that it can become it could become an obsession it becomes an addiction and when is too much like wh when are you going to say enough is enough with it you know sometimes 
you know, we have uh, celebrities such as um, Joan Rivers, and she was known to have so many plastic surgeries that when she died, she died on, you know, on the table, basically. She went in for another plastic surgery, and she died on the table. And it's just like, how, when are you going to say enough is enough? And that's why I say, like, with any, if you're going to have plastic surgery, obviously think it through because it's it's a huge it's a huge deal but also make sure that you go with someone who is a board certified plastic surgeon who has credentials not some back alley bullshit and also hopefully um those doctors those plastic surgeons if they see a problem that is skin deep in the sense of that it's a mental mental health issue where you have low self-worth low self-confidence and you think that surgery is going to make it better i'm hoping those doctors will say you know what here's the number of a psychologist for example you need to talk things through with some a professional because um i'm all about doing whatever you want with your body it's your body your choices um and whatnot but at the same time please take care of your mental health and don't do something for yourself and not for other people or for society to look a certain way just do it for yourself you know so that's that's me putting in my two cents back to the article so the writer says that she identifies as a korean american woman and if there is anything about korean culture that i am most familiar with it is the homogeneous beauty standards ever since i was a middle school student i had always a I had always felt a great amount of insecurity about my facial features. I desperately wanted to feel beautiful and admired. So in South Korea, she, she says, while having double eyelids may not be the normality, it was certainly the standard. Double eyelids are idolized by many South Korean people since they make people's eyes appear rounder and bigger, a look that is considered beautiful in South Korean culture. She grew up with monolids, and this feature was a major cause behind my low confidence levels it is difficult to believe that something as minor as creases on one's eyes would affect someone so deeply deeply she says however it was a burden i carried for years on end i heard numerous stories of girls from various age groups celebrities and even boys getting double eyelid surgery to appear more attractive undergoing the double eyelid surgery procedure was clearly very prevalent to the point where it was almost normalized and their stories were like a nagging voice that would not leave me alone so then she says unfortunately in south korea there is very little room for appearing different or having unique features considering that south korea's culture is blinded to a very uh one-dimensional and homogeneous view of beauty trends are important to follow and individuality is not typically glorified or positively reinforced in the same way that it, it is in the united states now saying that this is very interesting because if you remember the episode we did um on fiji bula um from fiji we talked about how before the introduction of western media and tv um in very rural areas individuality was not something it was not something it was the collective basically your family your neighbors your community were the ones that would shape your appearance you wouldn't do it individual uh, it, it you wouldn't do it you wouldn't be taking care of yourself it was the whole community and so this is kind of very similar in the way that or even though it's two different cultures let's say individuality is not something that's promoted you know, or glorified, as she says, um, in South Korea. And back in the day in Fiji, before the introduction of, of Western TV, Western media, 
it wasn't like that either in Fiji until 1995 when, you know, Melrose Place and 90210 like started, you know, um, being shown in Fiji. And that's when people started thinking, hold up. Well, I look a little bit different. I think it's time for me to, you know, take care of myself instead of the community, especially those that live um, in the capital, um, you know, where they're away from family, they're away from their community. They they I they don't identify themselves with their community. They're very much the individual now. So that was a very interesting, uh, I thought, parallel right there. Oh, and if you haven't checked out that episode, and if you are new to the show, check out the episode. I don't remember what episode it was, 17. I'm not too sure, but it's Bula from Fiji. Really good episode. Back to the article. So additionally, considering that South Korea is a very classist country, appearing upper class and elite is the ultimate beauty standard to achieve. So for example... Pale skin is considered to be beautiful because people from higher socioeconomic statuses naturally avoided the sun since they did not have to carry out laborious and outdoor outdoorsy jobs. That being said, darker skin is associated with lower class. So this is, again, one of these things that I'm going to mention right now um, that really popped out of uh, from this article is m uh, many may argue that many cultures are appearance conscious, that um, it is human nature to be attracted to certain looks. However, the prevalent appearance consciousness of South Koreans is deeply embedded into their culture. It is a matter of being presentable. Being presentable is considered to be a sign of respect and not being lazy. In fact, it is actually considered rude to not present oneself in a way that is favorable or attractive. To highlight this point further, South Koreans are required to submit a photo of themselves when applying to schools or jobs. Wow. So as we can see, South Koreans take great pride in being presentable and it is uh, very clear in every aspect of South Korean culture. It's very rigid. That's all I can say. Like, wow. So the article continues to say that um, earlier the writer mentions how the major beauty standard in South Korea is having pale skin and lighter skin equates to not having to work outdoors, which in turn is associated with higher so social statuses. Um, and then we, we talk about darker skins were associated with having to work outside under the sun. So she says, even when examining South Korean cosmetic products, their foundations cater to a very specific type of skin tone, light. It is rare for South Korean cosmetic companies to manufacture and produce products for darker skin tones. So in fact, there is even a product, this is interesting, that claims to whiten skin with a quick spray to the face and body. The fuck? Having, oh, wow. Having seen people use this product, I have witnessed that it changed people's skin from a neutral and pale color to a noticeably white, porcelain, and flawless look. The fuck? Having grown up in the United States, I can confirm that the image of appearing innocent and youthful is not common among teenagers. Very true, because even when I was growing up, not only in the, in the States, but in Mexico and in Europe and whatnot, I always wanted to appear older, not fucking younger. So, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the writer says, in fact, most teenage girls I grew up with wanted to appear older and more mature. However, South Koreans are generally strongly opposed to this type of image, which is why there is a strong emphasis on looking youthful and innocent. Skincare in South Korea is a 10-step process, huh? With products that cost an absurd amount of money, which we're going to look actually into in the next article. Um, 
And she continues to say in this one, there is a product for every problem and every little feature is meticulously fixed to perfection. Well, fuck me. Seriously, that is, that is, ooh, mm-mm, no. I mean, that's definitely not for me. I'm not too sure if you follow me on Instagram, whether it be on Beauty Unlocked or my personal page, um, you're going to see that I'm not someone who wears makeup. I wasn't someone, unless we would go out clubbing, it would be eyeliner. It was nothing too showy, maybe a little bit of eyeshadow. But in all honesty, and I would probably straighten my hair um, because it was more manageable. But in the sense of, in all honesty, I'm not someone who goes into like concealer, foundation, blush, this, that, contouring. You know, I'm just like, um... No, that's number one in Cyprus to wear that, especially in this heat. Fuck that. It would be melting off of me. Um, And yeah, no, I can't be clogging up my pore. I can't be doing that to my skin. And I'm not saying, you know, there are people who wear makeup and I know um, many people who wear makeup and stuff like that. And that's their choice. You know, that's what they like to do. That's what they want to do. That's up to them, you know. But for me, anything that anything that says 10 step to do and I'm like, no, that's just exhausting thinking about it let alone doing it every day fuck that absolutely not um no 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 i I, (laughs) i'm just somebody who literally like rolls out of bed and if i need to go out let's say to the kiosk or like you know mini market or something i'm going to go in my fucking pajamas because fuck that you're lucky i won't go with my fluffy slippers and i actually do wear maybe trainers or flip-flops but honestly i will roll out of bed i mean and go to the mini market in my pajamas. And they're actually used to it. Actually, a lot of people around in Bafos where I live, um, and I go to their shops or whatever, and they're just, they just know me. So they don't even, ma- they don't even make any comments. They're probably making them in their head, but they're just like, no, this girl's lost, dude. She's completely lost. My skincare routine seriously is washing my face, like cleansing it, and then Sometimes I do like masks maybe once or twice a month to take out like blackheads. I mean, in all honesty, I moisturize my face. I put like eye cream. That's it. Wash that off at night and put like my night cream and I'm going to bed. Like there's no way (laughs) I'm going to be putting a whole bunch of stuff on my face to look presentable. I'm like, listen, you either look at me or you don't look at me. At the end of the day, I don't give two shits. So, you know, that's me. How many times have I cussed so far? Shame on me. Let's get back into the article. So um, Karen says, I worry for the children and future of South Korea as a society. The emphasis on appearing outwardly beautiful is still very prevalent and pervasive. Korean pop singers are a part of a powerful and influential industry. Chances are that these Korean pop singers underwent multiple cosmetic procedures to cater to a certain image that appear, appear, uh, sorry, appeal, appeals, wow, Carissa, to their music labels. Considering that their fan base um, typically consists of younger people, it is sensible to think that teenagers who view their idols on magazines and television shows will click, uh, quickly associate being important with looking beautiful. Once again, this pattern perpetuates the idea that being beautiful will equate to being more successful. Unfortunately, it does not stop there. Once someone wants a job or attends a university, photos are required, as we mentioned before, to be included in their applications. While this may not seem like uh, a big deal at first glance, it is clearly evident that prospective employees and students feel pressure to market a certain image of themselves, knowing it will be criticized and judged. 
The fact that appearance is even something that is scrutinized throughout the application and admissions process demonstrates just how appearance-driven South Korea's society is. That sounds mentally exhausting, in all honesty. I don't even know how. Wow. In South Korea, it is very common to compare one's features to others at a young age. It is a normal part of casual conversations. What? These patterns and habits carry throughout adulthood, where past insecurities are more likely than not already internalized. Subsequently, these con contributes to f uh, this contributes to feelings of obsession and appearance rather than other attributes of a person, such as character or intellect. Considering that internalization can manifest and project in subtle ways, I believe this could lead to poor judgment and decision-making throughout one's life. Okay. I kind of agree with that, yes. So she gives an example. For example, in terms of social re relationships, people may choose their friends based on how attractive they are rather than the contents of their character. Seemingly small things like this can actually have a very significant impact on someone's life. Therefore, it is very important to speak about this epidemic and bring it to light rather than bottling it inside where it is bound to be internalized. So she continues to say, if South Korea did not reinforce it, its people to carry such intense pressure to appear a certain way that satisfies its beauty standards, women and men may feel as if they could walk out the door without any makeup, without feelings of unworthiness and pressure to undergo cosmetic procedures. There would be a collective shift of focus from appearance to character. Focusing and glorifying character could encourage people to want to improve themselves in ways that can improve the quality of their lives rather than wanting to change their faces. True. Changing one's appearance due to feelings of unworthiness is a very damaging cycle. Very true. And that painful insecurity may never be alleviated, even with a significant amount of money. Very true. However, improving one's character is a very rewarding outcome. It may even overpower the effects that appearances currently have. It could potentially motivate people to care more about things within their control, such as their decisions and behavior. This could hopefully pave a brighter path for a more transparent and progressive society. And I look forward to that day to come. This is very true. And this is what I loved about this article is that she makes very interesting and compelling points um, that, again, South Korea, they just they're very their ideals of beauty are just very rigid. It is one dimensional. Everybody must look the same you are not an individual you are there to present yourself and uh, fair enough you know take care of yourself and 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 whatnot that's cool but when you start obsessing over it and it becomes this thing of i have to get this done and i have to get this done to, in order to be accepted by society and even uh, for a job or to university apparently there is issues right there that need to be brought to light because I feel like that's in, like she says it internalizes a lot and it's too much pressure and there are certain things we cannot control and here I feel like they're trying to control every aspect of their lives you know your outward ex uh, appearance means that you have uh, you come from a good home you come from a good background you come from a good class you are you're not poor you haven't worked in the sun you have and it's like oh my god the amount that you have to deal with already life is fucking difficult and you throw all this into it what the fuck seriously like that's that's a lot that's a lot to carry around and I could see how obviously the detrimental effects of living in such a society where it's 
um, appearance, it's appearance based, not character, not personality, but what you look like um, basically determines what kind of character and what kind of person you are. And it's like, whoa, okay, that's that's a lot. So I found this second article, which goes more in depth um, about how many South Korean women are starting to ditch this um, beauty standard, their makeup routines, because it's just too much of a rigid society. And the article um, was from The Guardian, and it was written back in 2018 by Benjamin Haas, and it's called Escape the Corset. And I'm sure you guys have actually heard of this movement um, because it, it, it was pretty wide uh, spread uh, two years ago, and I, I do believe it's still something that is continuing. Um, so here we go. So Escape the Corset, South Korean women rebel against strict beauty standards. So women destroy makeup as part of a backlash against culture of laborious skincare regimes and pressure to look perfect. Uh, so it's almost two years old, this article. It was written in October 2018. And we're going to um, talk about a woman. Her name is Cha Ji-won. Uh, and so she says um, she decided to throw out all her makeup and cut her hair. Her mother was the first to tease her. Oh, look, I have a son now. So for more than a decade, starting when she was 12, Cha would meticulously, imagine this at 12, meticulously apply cosmetics, chasing the narrow definition of beauty that dominates South Korean society. In middle school, she applied foundation to lighten her skin to tone and she would avoid teachers who would punish her for violating school rules. So she watched YouTube makeup tutorials to hone her skills and by her early 20s would spend as much as 100,001, which is equivalent to 70 pounds, um, uh, a month on cosmetics. But amid a wider feminist awakening in South Korea, Cha has chosen to ditch her makeup, lipstick, and dyed blonde hair. I felt as if I, I had been born again, Cha said. There's only so much mental energy a person has each day, and I used to spend so much of it worrying about being pretty. Now I use that time to read books and exercise. So Cha is part of a growing movement in South Korea fighting against unrealistic beauty standards that call for women to spend hours applying makeup and perform skincare regimes that involve 10 steps or more at each end of the day. Like I said, that's way too much. Among their complaints is that women must wake up two hours before work to ensure perfect makeup, meticulously removing dead skin with peeling gel and steam towels before beginning their re or their regimen. Sorry. Women sick of the laborious routine have started to post videos on social media of destroyed piles of cosmetics with a catch cry, escape the corset. Likening makeup to the garments that were part of daily women's garments for years and worked co to constrain bodies into a uniform shape. The trend is part of a larger push against the country's patriarchal society, fuck you, patri patriarchy, seriously, that has seen record numbers of women take to the streets to demand greater equality and fight against issues such as illegal filming and sexual assault. By the way, I actually, it was one of the rabbit holes I went down. Um, I found a few articles about the illegal filming because apparently it's a rise in South Korea, this voyeurism and filming women while in the bathroom. And also the very kind of the police brutality, sexism that women have to deal with 
um, on a daily basis in South Korea. And so I was like, put this in this special folder. We're going to do a bonus episode about it because I found it. I found it. Uh, I wouldn't say fascinating. It's disgusting. Um, but it's it's just uh, it was one of the many rabbit holes I went down in. And I just I'm going I'm warning you that it will be a bonus episode uh, in the near future. So be prepared. All right. Going on and back to the article. The movement is an interesting turn in South Korea, a nation that actively promotes its prowess in cosmetic surgery. As we mentioned, as much as a third of young women have gone under the knife and whose cosmetic brands are coveted around the world with an industry worth of about $12.5 billion or 9.7 billion pounds, according to Euromonitor, they can't have any power over me. So Chow now spends about 4,000 won or two two pounds and 75 cents, I guess, a month at uh, at most on moisturizer and lip balm and has started a YouTube channel to raise awareness of feminism using the same platform that once taught her makeup techniques. So South Korea's exacting beauty standards are the result of several factors that have combined to encourage women to aim for pale skin, big eyes, a high nose bridge, skinny legs, cherry-like lips, a small face, and a 9 to 1 body ratio. 9 to 1 body ratio? Where the body is 9 times as long as the face. The fuck? Okay. While every country has its own sense of what is ideal, South Korea's strong conformist streak has led to millions striving to achieve the same look, which we mentioned. It's not really the individual. It's more what you look like. And it's one-dimensional, uniform look. Everybody looks the same. But over the past few months, the tide has started to turn with thousands of posts on social media showing women smashing their cosmetics as a way of rejecting mainstream ideas of beauty. Fucking do it. One theme running through through the movement is the idea of a beauty regime as a form of labor, one that only women are expected to perform and for which they are in no way compensated. Listen, if you're not making the same pay as a man is and you have to spend God knows how much on your on your cosmetics, fuck off, seriously. Um, in one video, two women dump eyeshadow, foundation, blush, and nail polish onto a white sheet, creating a Jackson Pollock-style canvas. I was embarrassed to go outside without this in the past, one of the women says. They can't have any power over me when it's so easy to break them. In another post on Twitty, Twitter, sorry, one woman remarks, I can't believe I wore this on my face. While there are currently no statistics showing a drop in cosmetic sales, anecdotal evidence suggests the movement is hitting bottom lines. An anonymous official at a top South Korean cosmetics retailer was anxious about the new trend and planned to focus on increasing sales to men, according to local media. Another makeup company employee said firms were afraid to even admit the movement could be affecting them. Well, of course, it's all about the outward appearance. God forbid you don't want to say that your business is, is failing somehow because it would make you look bad. Um, so rejecting makeup is only part of the campaign against prevailing beauty standards. A Korean news anchor at one of the country's main television stations sparked a flurry of debate in May, so two years ago, when she became the first woman to wear glasses on air. The fuck? Can you imagine? Uh, Separately, G1 Park started an Instagram account last year to promote body positivity and fight back against the narrow definition of beauty in South Korea. 
The movement doesn't only aim to challenge the sexual objectification of women, hint, hint, we've spoken about this also in previous episodes, but also change the status of women as subordinate to men, said Lee Na Young, a woman's studies professor at Chung Ang University in Seoul. As a result, we're not only seeing a change in makeup and cosmetics, but also the way women dress. These women are experiencing liberation, and once they experience that, there's no going back. So, let me tell you something. What the fuck, all right? You're living in a patriarchal society that expects you to be perfect. Just, just be perfect. I was about to say perfection. No, perfect. <laughs> to, expects you to be perfect. Um, yes, men are feeling the pressure, but... At the same time, there is more emphasis on female beauty. You're being objectified. Again, you have to look exactly the same. You have to look doll-like, innocent. You have to look forever youthful. Um, you spend a ridiculous amount of money um, that you don't even practically make. Then you have to wake up two hours in advance in order to put your face, like to put a face on. And then you're expected to go to work or you're expected to go to university and you're expected to conform to these rigid, rigid standards of beauty. So to all these women that are breaking away from this rigid society, patriarchal society, misogynistic society, sexist society and saying, fuck you, enough is enough. How about this? Um, we're going to be the same as men. And then, of course, you have these beauty companies, these cosmetic companies that are like, oh, shit, we got to cater to men because women are starting to see us for the frauds we are. And it's just like, oh, for fuck's sake, seriously, capitalism and patriarchy. Fuck you, honestly. Um, it's disgusting that the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves on a daily basis to try to conform to what I have no clue. I was uh, not so much in the makeup routine, but um, when it came to conforming and to have very, very toxic behavior on my part, I am very guilty of this, especially in my 20s and early 30s, very early 30s. Like when I just turned 30, I, I started shifting my, my, my way of thinking. Um, but in all honesty, it gets fucking tiring to put a fucking mask on every single day and pretend to, to be OK when everything inside is crumbling and you can't stand the pressure. Um, mental health is very important and this is the the two these are the articles there was another article i actually found but i decided that it would be too too long of an episode so i will put it as a little extra for patreon uh patrons of the patreon of, of beauty unlocked so um anybody who signs up will be able to get um, more information because I'm going to add a little extra there. So, uh, and a little extra is all the articles I don't have time to put into a regular episode. I make extra bonus audio content that I post on page, uh, Patreon. I get confused. Patrons, Patreon. I'm like, what? But in all honesty, mental health is more important than anything. And your self-worth is not dictated by your outward look, your appearance. Your self it's nothing to do with that. Um, I don't care what you look like. I don't care whatever you do. Please do it for yourself and no one else but you. Take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. It's very, very important. It, there is nothing more beautiful than being unique, and we are all unique. Please don't conform to society's rigid, I don't know, fucking 
rigid things of you have to look a certain way you have to act a certain way you have to be a certain way you have to make a certain amount of money by this time you have to be married you have to have kids you you know what go fuck yourselves seriously absolutely not um you don't have to be you don't have to be anything that doesn't make sense no that's not what i wanted to say be whatever you want to be it is not a fucking rat race um you know, there are things, for example, we, we compare, there's this, again, comparison culture, comparing our lives to people on social media, that they look like they have it all put together, that they have the perfect house, the perfect family, the perfect this, the perfect that. And we don't know what's happening inside. We don't know the battles they are fighting. Um, we don't know this face that they have to put on or that they are putting on, you know, this mask. And it's like... We, we don't know what's happening internally. There's a lot of internalized trauma issues. There's a lot of unresolved issues. Um, so let's not compare each other. Um, let's just uplift each other. Let us be there for each other. Um, be kind. It costs nothing. It's, it's something that I find is very important. And actually, a fellow podcaster, um, we had her promo um, a while back on Beauty Unlocked. Uh, she's uh, Essence, and she has her podcast show is called Nakish Speaks. And she says that, be kind, it costs nothing. I really love her show because there's so much, she, she gives her outlook on many things. And it's it's one of the things that like stuck with me is, you know, it be kind. It costs nothing. It really does cost nothing to be kind to each other. Let's not be envious. Let's not be jealous. We don't know the battles that everybody is fighting, what they have to deal with on a daily basis and the face that they have to put on every single day just to be able to live or should I say <laughs> survive almost in this world that's cruel and difficult and cold sometimes. So let's not be those fellow, those, those, those fellow, no, let's not be those human beings. I'm at a loss for words. Um, and I know my, my listeners are not like that, that you guys spread some of that good, good love. And that is awesome. Um, and remember to spread some of that love to yourselves. Um, very important. So take care of yourselves. Take care of your mental health. Please, please, please. It's more important than this outward appearance, this bullshit, the lies. It's all lies, you know, just be your unique and beautiful self nothing else matters in all reality those people that are meant to stick around will stick around the other ones those snakes that hide in the bushes they're not going to stick around they're going to fuck off let them fuck off get rid of all the negativity get rid of all the false and fake friends fake followers fake whatever and just be your true and honest and beautiful self with all of that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> um, much longer than the two previous ones, but there was just so much to say. As always, fuck the patriarchy. Fuck conforming to society's expectations. Fuck all of that. Just be yourselves. Take care of one another. Take care of yourselves and spread some of that good, good love. You will hear from me next week. Bye. Wow.